0: to sparkler podcast number 18 i'm rebecca the head of the audio department and i'm here with our usual staff hi i'm leanne i'm managing
1: editor and editor of prose hi i'm lillian i'm managing editor of comics
2: hi i'm jill i'm the finance person
0: and for the very first time we also have our fantastic head of production leah hi Leah is someone who does a ton of work for us behind the scenes. She makes most of the ebooks. She works on audio projects. She does like a ton of little stuff behind, you know, uh, in the background of Sparkler. You wouldn't be able to read our magazine if not for the
3: stuff that she does for us. (laughs) She makes our life much easier than it was in the early days. How How long have you been with us, Leah? I feel like it's been a long time. Oh, gosh.
0: How long has it been? Well, you were working on Awake. Uh, that yeah. was where what you started on, and that ended
4: <laughs> uh, like a year
0: ago. Yeah, yeah. So you were working on that from like like chapter four or something like that. Mm. So
3: yeah, a couple of years, I think, something like that. Lee is an example of somebody who came in on the internship program and then got a job after, and has just like slowly gotten more and more promotions and more responsibilities. And uh, I think she'll also be editing this podcast for the first time because Yay. she's a Jill of all trades.
0: <laughs> so, onto the main point of the podcast Sparkler is almost four years old now. So we wanted to get our staff together, do a little retrospective about the things that have happened throughout year three, look forward to what we're hoping to do in year four, and just, you know, talk about the state of the company and the state of the industry and everything we can think of.
3: Yeah, it's been a, the last couple podcasts have been uh, various roundtables with creators, which has been really great, but we also realized how long it's been since we've sort of talked about Sparkler itself and the things that you guys did, which you probably remember that year three was kickstarted almost a year ago. Everybody's probably noticed... In addition, that this is becoming, I don't want to say the new model for kind of web comics and indie press, but Kickstarter has become a very effective tool to finance particular projects, basically using it like a pre-order system, which is not really what it's supposed to be, but that essentially has always kind of been what it's like anyway. We just closed a very successful Knights Errant Kickstarter for a paperback of that, which I know a lot of you are excited about. We are certainly excited about.
0: <laughs> well, it gives us an opportunity to actually get done the things that we want to do because right. i mean particularly even things like merch mm-hmm. you know yeah like there's no way we could do merch and justify it without a kickstarter like 90 percent of the time yeah there's no yeah. way we could i mean hell we couldn't really publish books without kickstarter to be totally honest oh, it's such paperbacks a, yeah paperbacks is what i mean yeah yeah but like you know because it costs so much up front and yeah. Or are
3: small. And it's not uncommon. A lot of the, you know, at first we were like, oh, is this weird? And the answer is it's really not weird anymore, which is good. You know, it, it's uh, just another tool that you can use. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's interesting about us as a company is that
1: we do have a sort of like multi-stream revenue channel. And so, I mean, we can talk about this pretty bluntly now. Like, I think when we initially started out, we were really hoping that, um, Memberships and subscriptions would drive the main costs of the magazine and that that would be enough to cover us each month, you know, both paying our creators the advances that they get for turning in content and then also having enough overhead that we could pay some of our staff members a little bit. And for whatever reason, that hasn't fully come out the way that we wanted it to. And in spite of a lot of cost-saving measures we went to last year, like the Core Sparkler staff, the four founders have never been paid. Um, That was never really part of, like we weren't going to get money until you know, everything was pretty stable. Um, so we pay freelancers and and stuff. Um, and we pay the creators, but yeah, we just we don't have enough revenue coming in from memberships to cover the cost the way we expected to. Um, and we've brought in ad models and we, you know, sell books on top of that. It's not quite covering the expense of producing a monthly magazine. So that's why we went to Kickstarter last year. Um, both to help make ends meet. And then hopefully, as you know, Kickstarter is always a bit of a marketing tool as well to let people know what you're doing and who you are and to get people to reblog it and kind of talk about it. It's a way to get awareness that ironically, having like a stable monthly, you know, magazine that comes out doesn't necessarily generate that same level of excitement.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's funny that when you don't have a fundraiser, sometimes people forget you exist. <laughs> Which is like you said, it's sort of ironic that having a system in place and our memberships have always worked kind of like a Patreon or like, a, you know, it, it's a way that you can kind of be sure that you get the content every month, but it's also a, a vector for getting money to the creators or supporting Sparkler if you believe in it as an ideal. But it's very easy to kind of forget about that. If there's no push for you to buy something and you're not already a member, then there, I know there are a lot of people that were like, oh, I've been meaning to subscribe for a while. You know, they would write me and say, I subscribed, I've been re- meaning to subscribe to you for a year and a half. Kickstarter is really good to kind of remind people. It's a lot of work to do these Kickstarters. And there are still a few things from the year three Kickstarter that haven't completely fulfilled yet. Nothing that had to do with the, uh, you know, the magazine itself. Because obviously we still came out with all the issues. (laughs) There are a couple books that kept getting pushed back and they're still coming. They're just, uh, you know, slow. But overall, it was really effective in a way that some of our other Kickstarters were, you know, kind of half measures or whatever. That that Kickstarter for year three was actually very successful for us, which leads into kind of our next point, which is we're probably going to be Kickstarting year four as well. We really appreciated all the support that we got it. I think summarizing it through Kickstarter was a good way for people to kind of understand Sparkler because I know that our system sometimes is confusing <laughs> and complicated.
0: We try really hard to not be confusing, but then we, like, have more ideas and more
3: things. Yeah, we represent a lot of creators now. Lettera is the only series currently doing this but we have some series that are running on the site for free but are not actually in the magazine and then of course through sparkler distro we um, distribute a lot of other self-published creators stuff and we've just been kind of continuing to adapt our model and the number of people we work with and how we work with them so it's always shifting that's partially because technology is changing the way people consume media is changing etc cetera, etc cetera, which was always the plan we wanted sparkler to be very flexible the magazine is really always what we wanted to do what we still really like doing like lillian said it didn't always support us as a company it's still not quite sustaining itself the way that we need it to but it is something that we really believe in and something that a lot of other people are not doing the idea of having all these comics and novels and audio dramas that are really specifically aimed for like women or anybody who wants sort of a feminine perspective between the ages of 15 and 30 sort of curating content that we think that you would like. And we'd really like to keep that alive. So as a result... Kickstarter year four. That will be launching pretty soon. The reason we're talking about it now is it will be launching in, I don't know, a month, maybe six weeks. Similar to last year, it'll be right on the tail. Because and that's another thing. We had a lot of people who subscribed to the magazine through last year's Kickstarter. So they're all up for new re- renewal. And if we do a year four Kickstarter, that means we can offer them more cool stuff with it. You know, we did a lot of commission work last year. That was really fun. Neat little ways of buying back paperbacks that maybe you've been meaning to get for a while, but now you can get them and put it towards a fourth year of the magazine. We have a bunch of surprises that we. We can kind of We're tease it's a, little, a little, bit. little bit here. Yeah, that's the other thing. Kickstarter organizes you. <laughs> you're like, like oh, all right. sh- oh crap, I gotta gotta get this together. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of. We have to think about the year as a unit, which is something that in the day to day updating the magazine can sometimes fall apart when you're like, it's hard to see past like a month or two because <laughs> there's so mm-hmm. many deadlines. But um, a Kickstarter lets us kind of, okay, what are the new things that we're going to do for this year? I'd say the other really important thing about this year's Kickstarter is that one of our stretch goals last year was to
1: add a new slot to the magazine. And we didn't hit that. Like, we we covered our what we needed to, but we didn't get any of our stretch goals. Um, this year... You know, we, when we were talking about running this Kickstarter, we basically decided like, there's no point in running a Kickstarter for the exact same amount that we did last year because we're just going to end up exactly where we are a year from now. And so, building in an expansion um, and giving us the cash that we need to bring in new talent, to bring in new series, to look at new options, um, that's really important to, I think, where we are and where we're going. So, it's not just maintaining the status quo, it's being able to offer people something new. So, that's something that, what really interests me is, as the comics editor is I've always wanted to be working with new talent and bringing new people in. And, and um, that's what I've enjoyed so much about Sparkler so far. And what I'm really proud of is that I've gotten to work with some amazingly talented artists, not just people who I knew for my Tokyo Pop relationships, but who have, you know, become come into their own as artists since then or, or didn't have the opportunity to work with Tokyo Pop. So that's that's something that I'm really proud of. And I I want to do more of it. So and this is our way
3: of doing that.
0: Yeah, so part of this whole deal is we're going to be opening submissions if we succeed.
3: Even if we don't expand via stretch goals, there is going to be space in the magazine next year. When we kickstarted year three, we sort of had the lineup for the entire year more, more or less set. But for year four, we have basically room for one more series based on some stuff that's ending and where we, we want to open up submissions again, which is something that we haven't been able to do in <laughs> forever. Like, I don't <laughs> and, remember when the last And everyone
0: submission. still wants it like really bad. Yeah. So we're happy that we get to, you know?
3: Yeah. It's it's very hard to tell people like, no, we're closed. I really yeah. want to read your and, and stuff. And I mean, but
0: like, yeah, I, I know it, it is obviously work on our end to deal with submissions and, and sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, but it's also really fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun to like get this, you know, brand new comics you've never seen before and brand new ideas and, and stories and like, you know, pass them out among the editors and be like, oh my God, you have to see this one. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, really a neat experience and we're we're
3: glad we get to do it again. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was so central to what we wanted to do uh, from the beginning, which was kind of reach out for people who have, you know, people from all around the globe, people of different ages who are raised in different environments with a lot of comic influences. Um, a lot of the people that we work with right now are... Younger than we are. Um, oh, yeah. Significantly younger. Like, for example, Eureka, who does Magical How, who is our newest addition, uh, she's like 21. <laughs> she's, I mean, so talented. And that's a great comic. I'm really glad we put it in the magazine. A lot of the other people are sort of in their mid-20s or so. Uh, like Lillian said, when we started, a lot of it was sort of former Tokyo Pop OEL creators, which is great. And that, we, you know, we've been working with Jen Quick pretty consistently for the last three years, which was always our dream. Um, but in addition, we're seeing, you know, a new generation of comic people who are basically raised on Offbeat, quite frankly, like, which was great because like Offbeat, you know, was about 10 years to get all three volumes out. But seeing kids that are coming to us now who are really inspired by stuff that like she had done or things that I had done and took about back in the day. I-, I know if you guys heard the roundtable with Kaiju and L- Lillian. They had weren't they a big fan of everything that you had edited, Lillian? And they looked in the credits, they're like, there's this girl who does all the comics that we really like. There, There's at least, yeah, I think that came up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like literally the generation after us is starting to work for us, which is like really great. Mm-hmm. We need your youth and vibrancy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, I, I like to think that we we kind of, you know, we did all the annoying crap so that the people 10 years younger than us
1: Hopefully, Hopefully won't have to. Don't, won't have to do at least as much of it. Maybe. That's, you know? what, that's the goal, we'll say. <laughs> and honestly, like that's that's actually another side of this Kickstarter as well, is kind of an experiment of, like, is our model something of interest to people? I mean, when, when Tokyo Pop mm-hmm. was first starting um, to do original content, there was no nobody else out there who was doing anything like that. And even just the platform of webcomics was still really new and unpolished. Um, I mean, that's how we found Svetlana among other people. There, there certainly were you know, web comics platforms out there already and some that were already wildly successful. like Penny Arcade had been around since I was in college and stuff. But the sort of serialized narrative that Sparkler's interested in was really pretty nascent online. And now you've got you know you've got Topastic, you've got um, you know sort of the traditional like Smack Jeeves, you've got everybody on Hiveworks, you've got people just going straight to Tumblr. There's a lot of ways to get your comic out there if you want to. Um, the question is how do you go about finding an audience and then how do you kind of make it sustainable? Um, and that's what we sort of hope to provide as a company and as, as an organization is having an editor who kind of yells at you every month to get your pages done. Um, <laughs> having a platform that allows you to distribute your material easily. It's like you turn your pages in and then they go up online. You don't have to fiddle with it. We're the ones who do all this, you know, dumb stuff on the website on the back end. Um, We moderate the comments feeds, you know, we run the store for you and we pay people. I mean, that's the other thing that I find mystifying about the new media model in general is like, are we moving towards a future where all artistic creation, whether it's comics, prose, video games, movies, otherwise, you know, are funded by people on the back end through, you know, Patreon rather than being able to pay somebody up front to kind of put the time in for their artistic creation. You know, that's certainly not unique to comics, that that's sort of the situation we're in now. And we're, you know, design Sparkler as a little bit of a counterbalance to that model of where we're somewhere between a traditional publishing company that pays advances and somewhere between a real sort of digital media company that, you know, pays smaller advances, but offers a lot of other services along with it. So... And I think the validation of the Kickstarter is—you know—if people believe in this model, they you know support us either through subscriptions or through the Kickstarter. So
3: yeah, and it, it's it's also a, cur- a curatorial hand. I know we use that term a lot, but I know that one of the big problems that people have with web comics is they don't know where to start. Like a lot of people who are from other areas of the comics industry, either superheroes or manga or indie comics and stuff, that. There, you know, because anybody can publish anything on the web that they're like, I don't know what's good. Now, nowadays, there's a lot of word of mouth around the big ones, which is great. That's something that's kind of changed. The quality is also like, there's a lot of really high quality web comics. I think a lot a lot more people jumped into the the medium of sort of long form storytelling, one to three pages a week. Um, like Lillian said, that's a relatively new thing, uh, you know, 5, 10 years. Yeah, remember when it was just Megatokyo? <laughs> yeah, exactly, when it was just Megatokyo. But well, that was really more like 15 years Yeah, now, that was but, a long,
0: long time ago. But Sorry. at the same
3: time, like, you know, like, as far as the the cycles of publishing industry, that 15 years ago was a long time. So as a result, now there are companies, and Hive is, is they're different from what we are, but the similar idea that it's like, the artists are self-driven enough to post their own comic online, but in many ways, their time would probably be best spent just doing the creative aspects and not necessarily doing the business side. Um, and or the advances that Sparkler can offer while, you know, we're not making anybody rich mm. <laughs> right now. N- not anymore. They were one or two. In the earlier days, um, we, we were paying certain rates for certain things on particular projects but the webcomic model is the pages are going online for free which is was very different from what we did back in our first year and stuff but as a result i was looking kind of at rates you know because we want to be competitive and everything and seeing sort of what a creator could get on patreon that sometimes our advances would be a lot better than maybe somebody could get on their own because patreon is a whole separate league of work that you have to do Which is, I don't want to like be down on Patreon because I actually think it's really, really great and it's done a lot of good for creators and in getting paid for their time. But it's almost like you have to run a business on the side, Um, and that's something that we're like, well, can we be more efficient as a company that uh, you know using memberships like a group Patreon, and we're kind of curating this content and help polishing it for the people who are subscribing, and then making sure that the, the creators can eat to a point, you know, like or they're at least getting paid for their time for something as opposed to them having to sell themselves on the back end which is you know quite frankly stressful as well and it also means that there's no certainty to it um because you can have a lot of patreon members one month and then they drop off or whatever um at least sparkler is hoping to add a little more stability and you know so far so good that's why we'd really like to do year four we had a lot of talks about (laughs) going from year three to year four um if we still wanted to do it but it still you know kind of makes sense to us and we grew a lot this year like my gosh, we when we went to the free web comic model, which is what we're on right now, that was like mm, about fifteen months ago, and then since then, it's just we got to fold in long-running free web comics, which was something that we always really wanted to do but didn't have a system for it. We got Knights Errant and Orange Junk and and Magical How, all comics that we really loved. Magical How is new, but the other two, like we were already huge fans of Knights Errant and Orange Junk, so
0: yeah. Um, it's funny because I think all three of those comics. Really, really fit into what we're trying to do in mm. really different ways. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, like the magical girl deconstruction thing we did with uh, Maho Jose Chimaka as mm. well, but like Magical How is kind of
3: it's very different.
0: It, it, it's very different while sort of hitting the same subject matter, you know. Yeah. and I mean, like how many of uh, the our staff and readers kind of grew up on Sailor Moon, and and mm. uh, I think a lot of people are kind of ready for that, and it, it's you know. You know, Orange Junk is the shojoist shojo ever. Yeah. It's just like ugh, pure shoujo. Yeah. Like a hit to the veins. I love it.
3: Yeah. It, it's. A, I always compare it to sort of Nozaki-kun, uh, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, even though the how it's written and sort of uh, the basic of the plot is quite different because Nozaki-kun is a literal deconstruction because it's like a guy who's drawing manga and this is like how he pairs the tropes up and does a manga. I feel like Orange Junk is... Is a love letter to shoujo. It kind of takes the tropes and sort of runs with them and does everything that you kind of expect it to do, in like but in the best possible way. You know, you're like, oh, it's time for the the, the school club arc, or oh, it's the male modeling arc, or it's all these things. <laughs> and and to Heldrad's credit, like she keeps it feeling so fresh, like it moves so fast. She always puts these little twists in that surprise me. The characters are like they're so cute, and it is so funny. Like. Every chapter, I'm on the floor laughing at how hard because she knows shoujo so well and it's like all character based humor, which is just great. And we, we wanted more comedies, and then of course, Knights Errant, which everybody freaking loves.
0: Yeah, I, mean, we don't, I don't even have to like say nice things about Knights Errant because it doesn't need it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Knights Errant is like wildly popular, which it totally deserves. And that was what Lillian was our re- resident, really big Knights Errant fangirl. That when we were doing year three, she's like, Boy. Really like Nights Air, and I'm not sure we can possibly get that comic. But um, oh, it's been such a delight having yeah.
4: Jennifer well, just, Doyle. You know,
0: I think about like like the the types of shoujo that girls and women are into, and how s- things that are like dark and sexual and violent, but still have like a little bit of like humor and lightness to them, mm-hmm. and how that's such a I don't know. I've always been surprised sometimes with the way that like sort of Shojo and Shojo leaning things that you feel like would be niche end up being really popular, yeah, because so many girls and women really just want that like darkness without being too serious and the angst without being too wallowing in it, but kind mm-hmm. of like like you know, it's it's like it's like why people read fanfic with like, you know, that's tagged for like angst and
3: you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. There's some <clears throat> emotional core that yeah. even, even if the the plot, even if the elevator pitch is weird, not to say the elevator pitch is weird in cuz is not, but I know what you mean that it's got a unique tone to it mm-hmm. that doesn't quite fit in a lot of genres. It almost like takes from a couple things, but it just it strikes a chord with so many people. It effortlessly mm-hmm. like combines so many so many elements to it that, but it's like oh yeah, this has it almost becomes something all the things that you want <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean in yeah. a hodgepodge that feels very smooth and even just the way that it sort of plays with gender and sexuality we publish so much queer literature because that's what the audience wants I mean it, it I think we're a little bit in a I know we've talked about this before that we're kind of I don't know if I want to say a renaissance for queer literature but it's certainly kind of a online especially among like women or women identifying people that it's just like there's this explosion of kind of queer uh stories right now and it's really speaking to like fangirls yeah and I mean like you
0: know like I think about some of the things like and, and I know this is, this is tied to a lot of things that we could go into, but like people who, they just don't even want straight romance, because straight yeah, romance yeah. has too much baggage, and they're just like, no, no,
3: are there are there, are there straight people in this? I don't really want to read it. Yeah, we had a little <laughs> bit of that, and I think, it's, I think it's smoothed out a little bit, because I think now we're starting to get more examples of sort of heterosexual stories that are not wallowing in tropes and really bad gender roles, which I think, you know, again, the romance novels, we, we've had a couple podcasts about this, the mm-hmm. romance novel industry is established what heterosexual romance the the tropes of that and a lot of people didn't like them and and romance novels were specifically supposed to be very very tropey but it didn't apply people people who didn't like romance were like okay now i don't like romance in my stories because i don't like romance the genre of novels because how limiting it could be
0: and i mean i don't know if this is true or not but i do feel a little bit like we're just you know in general like the political landscape right now just everywhere we're kind of at the cusp of this time when we're sort of breaking down the boundaries of gender and sexuality a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's good. Time. I mean, just you know, like like I even just think about the number of people I know who are gender queer and the rise mm-hmm. of they as a pronoun yeah. and how it's sort of all of a sudden actually gaining some traction at least in the circles that we're running in mm-hmm. and just how I mean I don't want I don't want to give too much credit to media, but at the same time, media is in a lot of ways shapes the way we think about or reflects yeah and and
3: as a result like you said because things are changing the media was changing they might have been feeding into each other (laughs) you know in Mm -hmm. some ways the media is because we're making political movements and in some and cultural movements and in some ways it's that was maybe helping drive it i think that a lot of the at least the the people who come and read sparkler who are looking for kind of alternative viewpoints they came here expecting a lot of queer stuff. They wanted a lot of queer stuff. They wanted good queer stuff. Obviously, we're not going to give them just like <laughs> homo bait. What, what do they call that? The thing where it's queer like queer baiting. Queer baiting, yes. Which is
0: the worst. Yeah,
3: that's just. It, it's like it's like the no homo thing, right? Where it's like uh. two white dudes almost kiss. It's like, oh my god, we're so past that. Like, and just seeing sort of how much of that has changed between year one of Sparkler and year three. You know, it's almost like we 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 had this explosion of really great queer media. And now it's like we can move past that. And now when we introduce straight stuff, it's like people have are, are accepting it a little bit more because there's just so much good media now. It's like like there's been this evolution of kind of thought about gender and sexuality and everything. So we can kind of do a mix that seems to be resonating with a lot of people. And they're a little bit less like, oh, I don't want to read this if there's a such and such couple in it or whatever. It's been really great to see this evolution of stuff where you can capture these genres and topics, but you can also kind of, I don't want to say repost them, but like, you know, like the, there's so many great examples now <laughs> that we don't have to just check off boxes. Oh, this has this in it and this has this. It's like, okay, like all that stuff is established. And you know what was, I think, a big reflection of this was gay characters where their sexuality was not the crux of the story. There was a big call for that for a while. That are like, we want gay characters who just happen to be gay and the story is about them being a spy or, you know, whatever. There's, It's not a story about this is a gay person, this is their gay experience, like this is their coming out story, whatever. Um, they're like, no, we just want people to casually be gay. We just want representation and blah, blah, blah. And we're seeing that now, too. So there's this like normalization of mixing stuff up, which makes the future really exciting, too because now you can really kind of talk about anything. I don't want to say I felt pigeonholed in the first year or two, but it's hard to kind of establish a tone, especially in the beginning. We knew what we wanted to do, but it was a combination of can we articulate that and can we get the content sort of that we're looking for? Overwhelmingly, the content that we're coming across, especially in this past year with these three comics that we were talking about, is you you read it and you're like, I want that in Sparkler. You know, like, like <laughs> it's like, I didn't have to tell somebody pitch this to me. Because in the first year, that was a lot of telling them, I want you to pitch this. This is the kind of stuff we're looking for. Now we read it and we're like, you belong in Sparkler. And that's also how sometimes we've recruited people <laughs> that we read their comic. We're like, you belong in Sparkler. Will you do a one shot with us? Which is great. It's like a big clubhouse. I want Leah and Jill to add.
0: Sorry. I know. We're, we're just talking and talking.
3: Do you want to go first, Leah? Oh, uh, Well but What to you is most exciting? Because you've been with us for several years now. What to you is the most exciting thing you
4: think in year three? Well, I really like practically everything that Sparkler puts out because it's all really good. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if I can pick an absolute favorite. You're a big Orange Junk fan, aren't you? Yes, I do really like Orange Junk. That's right. <laughs> well, I've noticed- because for all the reasons i said before... <laughs> Basically, you just, like, checked off every box. That-
3: <laughs> I do follow, because you're so much younger than we are. I-, I like to follow your Tumblr and be like, what thing in Sparkle this month got Leah extra excited? You're, like, our youth counselor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the rest of us are all, like, old and crotchety.
3: Yeah. You know how, like, a lot of publishing companies will keep a young person on board and be like, it's what like- is your reaction to this <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that was entirely why Tokyo Pop hired me, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because you were the youngin'. I was the and on staff for a long time, so.
4: Honestly, now that I think about it, I also am really liking how le- Letera is, is turning out now. Yeah! It's so exciting now! Ugh! I read the, with I how totally it's going, agree. I don't want to say anything, but with how it's going, I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> where's the rest? <laughs> yeah, the end of Volume
3: 2 is like an unbelievable cliffhanger. That that comic kind of sneaks up on you. Uh originally, like, so that's by Studio Kosen, who does Winrose. And Winrose was specifically pitched to us for Sparkler, etc. Let's say it was the series that Kosen did in Spanish for a Spanish publisher before Winrose. They started translating in English as a webcomic. And I think they had it on Tapastic or something. But they're like, we'd rather do it on Sparkler. Uh, you know, we kind of made an agreement that we would sort of run it for free on Sparkler. And we'd do some tie-ins with the magazine. But for the most part, it's not in Sparkler. It's just kind of a side thing. And, God, it got really good. Like, not not that I thought it wouldn't, but, like, when it started... I thought it was, like, maybe a little bit more of a comedy, you know, that it's like, oh, this is a fantasy comedy, and, you know, I'm laughing at it, and it's funny and stuff, but not unlike Slayers, where I think it takes a lot of cues from. It got, like, super serious and really dramatic and romantic and sexy and shocking and just, God, if you're not reading Let it oh, you really should be. It's, like, a really excellent comic, and we're all kind of on the edge of our seats while we're editing, it. we're like, oh,
4: my God, did you read the newest chapter? Please read Let It I need more people to fangirl about it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but
0: that's kind of our, our ul- ulterior motive. A lot of the time, it's like yeah. I need people to discuss this with, and yeah, you know, I need someone to draw some fan art because fan art is the fuel that makes the magazine happen. Yeah. And that and like discussion and
3: Yeah. Yeah. Comments have been increasing a lot on the site. Um, We finally kind of buried the forum <laughs> mm. after you know I was Super fighting the good old. fight for that. Yeah. I was like no forums are great and they are great but people don't use them anymore. <laughs> so, we tried a lot of interesting and we had a really great forum community. I don't want to downplay that because it was a small community but they were really great mm. when we started doing open comments on the site which we moderate. We've had a couple trolls that we've gotten rid of. You'll see the pop up every once in a while and then their stuff disappears but once we started doing that we started getting more comments on the site which has been really great for the creators too a lot of them are like really excited to see people's reactions to pages and they'll come in and just in the feed, and sort of talk to people or answer questions. Same thing with like social media. I know Jennifer Doyle was explaining sort of the religious system in Knights Errant because they were getting a lot of questions about that. Um, I do see Eureka poking around in our comments every once in a while because <laughs> people are like, "Are those all boys in dresses?" If you don't know if somebody's a boy or a girl or a girl in Magical How. It's probably a boy in a dress. That's just sort of how magical How runs. It's basically boys in dresses. There might be girls at some point. I don't know. Like, is that one a girl? It's like, no, probably not. I don't know. What's what's their name? The name is Julian. That's probably a dude. And gender is not super relevant in that comic, which is partially why it's so great. That it's just, do you look good in a dress? Here you go. Here's a wand.
0: Yeah, well, again, like as we were talking about like, you know, gender getting kind of chiseled away at which makes me yeah. incredibly happy. Uh yeah. <laughs> just in general like from a personal uh, uh standpoint and I know that I have like less in this than a lot of the gender queer and trans people we know but like mm. just gender roles are annoying. They just basically <laughs> tell you, "Oh, you can't do this. We're going to make a whole thing about it." Yeah. No matter what gender you were born as, they're all like, "Oh, you you're a girl. You don't like comic books, blah blah blah." Yeah. And so let's just, you know, forget it. Like just, just Oh, I saw
3: something really great today, actually. In People have been discussing Will's gender in Knight's Errant for literally five years real time, <laughs> between the old version and the new version, and there's not an easy answer to that question on purpose. Um, and the comments feed becomes this really robust discussion about it. And just today, I think somebody was like, oh, you know, there's, this character is breasts. Oh, uh, it's really, you know, this person is really a woman. And somebody was like, hey, breasts don't mean you're a woman, all right? And like, Or somebody coming in and being like, that's the wrong pronoun. And be like, well, we don't know what pronoun we're supposed to use. And like, well, if you don't know what pronoun you're supposed to use, then the most respectful pronoun is this. And it's like, they're all educating each other about like (laughs) the evolving uh, general thought on gender. Not to say that these ideas are new, but that there's like more of a cultural conversation about it and that people really want to learn and also people really want to teach them. So I love seeing that stuff going on in the comments. See, that
0: that was a much smarter thing than my gender is
2: dumb.
3: Well, (laughs) Yours is the summary. Sorry. (laughs) What about you, Jill? What were you uh, really excited about in year three?
2: I was really excited to see Night's Erin, especially when I started reading it, because it was completely new to me. I'm not that up on webcomics, and it's just so amazing. I think next year it's going to be even better. And the Kickstarter is awesome. I can't wait to actually hold volume one in my hands. We spent so long in the first couple of years just trying to get things to work. (laughs) <laughs> to get our to get our website to work to get a st- fairly steady schedule with people to get our creators what they needed and then to get what we needed from them And everything was hard. Everything took so much work. And this year, it feels like... And then, you know, in the second year, we we started doing things differently, pulling things apart and putting them back together differently because we were trying to make it work better. And I feel like this year is when things started coming together. I mean, we still tried a lot of different things. We tried the Situation CD, which I loved. (laughs) And I still want to do more. I haven't given up. Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a
3: minute. But yeah, there's (laughs) some on the horizon for year four, but continue.
2: And when we, went, we were at TCAF a few weeks ago and people were kind of, and being like, sometimes they would be like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of you, blah, blah, blah. This time they were actually like looking at things and saying, yes, I remember this. It was great. You know, I want it. Um, we started to get a few more. Uh, hits in the media and on social media and all that stuff like Maho Jose Chimaka got a couple great reviews and Kaiju actually won an award when they went to the Denver Con I don't know what it's called Dink I think was the name of it. it was like the Denver Independent Dink that's right awesome name yes which was really exciting overall it's just been a really
3: positive year I agree there there was um it, I don't want to say we were running on autopilot cuz we definitely were not but at the same time <laughs> We didn't have the same huge hurdles that we had in year one and two. Things mostly came yeah, out okay.
0: Because <laughs> years one and two were just like one massive problem after another. And yeah. this year it was like, oh, you know, well, we have four of the five things here. And one person's like, you know, a little late, but whatever, we can handle it. Or, yeah. Oh, we have to swap this out for this thing. But we know two weeks in advance, so it's okay.
3: And, you know, people like Leah, bless Leah, and Pachi, <laughs> who works for us as well, we got a bigger staff to kind of help us manage uh, things. Yeah,
2: I think that was a big part of it.
3: Yeah, for for you guys who follow sort of the free serialization online and how every day there's all these social media posts about, you know, oh, this, this page went up today, this page, and here's a little crop or whatever. Um, Pachi organizes a lot of that on the back end. Like in advance, she does these giant spreadsheets of links and, crops all these pages and, and, you know, keeps all that shit straight, which is really difficult because she was gone for a month and I had to do it. I'm like, how did she keep this straight? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she kind of disperses to all of us um, to do on social media and Leah runs the Facebook page. Leah and- does
0: Facebook now, which makes me so happy because I used to do Facebook and I was terrible at it. <laughs> so if you'll notice that Facebook isn't terrible anymore, because Leah's doing that's because
4: of Leah. <laughs> I actually have a lot of fun doing it, so I'm so Very glad good at it. because yeah. it was torture. <laughs> I, I still control the
1: Tumblr though. I like the Tumblr. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're gonna. Well, I mean,
0: again, to editorialize, uh, Facebook is terrible. Twitter and Tumblr are okay, but Facebook <laughs> is terrible. Thank you, Leah. <sighs>
3: <laughs>
4: well, well, I'm so- not saying it can't be frustrating at times, but oh overall, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: I like how how easy it is for people to respond on on Facebook when they decide to comment. The conversation there is really very... Oh, yeah, that's true. Like
0: Tumblr, you can't do a conversation. Twitter, the conversation is done in 15 minutes and you can never find it again. So, you know, having (laughs) an ability to actually talk to people on social media is great, but you have to do good posts first. And I was not doing good posts.
3: (laughs) Also, we got um, Eliza who has been running the newsletter this year, which has been great. Jill used to do that, and she did sort of the basic template. But a lot of people commented. They said, all of a sudden, the Sparkler newsletter, the subject line has sparkles in it. And that's what, like, Eliza came in. She's like, I feel like I can. Even I said that. I was like, how did she do that? I
2: mean,
0: of all the the newsletters in the entire universe, the one that most should have sparkles is ours. Yeah, exactly. You know, because
3: she said, oh, you know, I have some basic experience, but I feel like I, you know, maybe I'll add a couple little flourishes to your newsletter or something. And that was like the first thing we're like, oh, I love it so much. Good job, You could never leave now. Yeah, basically.
0: Because none we of us know to... how to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to lose any of our people. Although we had a little backfire this past month when Leo was gone and suddenly I had to do the ebooks for the uh, monthly update again and I was like, oh my god, I haven't had to do this in so long. Oh, this is such a pain.
3: <laughs> oh, that's right, she took over. Yeah, we have a lot of redundancies built in, like well, any company. That's the other
0: thing, we didn't have redundancies for no. a long time. It's like, oh, do you have the flu? Well, you still have to do your work.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Bless Leah. Thank you, Leah, head of production, making us so many ebooks. <laughs> we put out a lot of ebooks.
2: Yeah, that was the other thing, is that TCAF is the one show that I've been... The last three years. And the first year, we had almost nothing. We did not even have Offbeat 3. It was a proof, you know, like loose leaf in a shell of a cover. Last year, we had a few things. This year, our table was like overflowing with stuff. And a lot of it was, you know, ours, not just distro, which is great. But having your own books is amazing.
3: It's interesting that you bring up TCAF because, like you said, the we use since TCAF has always been our annual around the time that the magazine starts a new cycle. Um, It's in our headquarters in Toronto. It's people we know. We like to use TCAP to kind of judge the upcoming year. And in addition to having a ton of a ton more books. It's like every year we've done TCAF we had twice the number of books that we had before and I don't mean like one from 50 copies to 100 copies. I mean like having five titles, having 10 titles, having 20 titles sort of. A lot of people who showed up and they were like, oh man, I'm a Sparkler subscriber and I keep forgetting that you guys are like human beings that like I always <laughs> think of you as a, as a website and you know in the first year nobody thought of us as a website. They're like, oh Sparkler sounds interesting. But then there are people who come up and, and they they were like, I have this book. Will you put it in distro? Um, like I can give you my left. Over copies we have a couple new oh, things coming I came really home great things
0: with a box of books from australia yeah. that we brought on a plane by alicia jade who's amazing yeah which by the time this is published it'll hopefully be up in the store if not then you know within the week or so yeah
3: we we got some new editions of uh, books that we got at tcaf we got to meet more creators we liked but also people were showing up and saying like i'm really happy that sparkler is out there and that you know, people can get jobs this way and that I can pitch to you guys and, you know, there's sort of a system in there in place. And then people who came who were orange junk fans. We got this beautiful contingent of people who were like, Oh, I didn't know what happened to it after Ink places went under We're like a sparkler now, honey. You should get the book. We got the paperback here, and like just people squealing when they saw orange junk. And we had Knights Errant postcards, which predictably people were like, "Oh my God, Knights Errant! Is there a book yet?" And we're like, "Okay, Kickstarter ended like a week ago, but yes, next year there will definitely be <laughs> there will definitely be a book of Knights Errant. We're really excited to come out with that one, particularly since the Kickstarter did so well. Mm-hmm. Where it's going to be our first foil stamp. It's actually our first color book, and it's going to be in it uh, like a bigger trim size than the manga uh, usually is because this is not a manga, <laughs> or at least it's not. I mean, none of these are technically manga, right?" But they're they're a lot of them are manga style and they're black and white and they were sort of drawn to be the smaller trim size. But uh, yeah. Knight's errand's going to be bigger and, and yeah, you got to give
0: those panels space to breathe.
3: Yeah, and also just there's a lot of bonus material. I mean, like because the Kickstarter, all the stretch goals happen, so this book is going to be packed and beautiful. <laughs> we're very very excited.
0: I'm not excited for carrying those books around though because it's going to oh, be a lot glossy of glossy pages and stuff.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh,
0: glossy pages are the heaviest.
3: Well, it was almost almost 900 backers. I mean, it was, yeah, like, it was great gonna be the post office weekend that they will, yeah. When we fulfill that one. I guess the other big thing for me this past
1: year is that I mean I'd been to TCAF with you guys the first year, but most of our cons have all been on the East Coast. And this was the first year in year three where we did Yaoi Con in San Francisco and then I was at WonderCon thanks to the generous half table given to us by Yaoi Revolution. And it was really fun just to do that again. Like it's it's exhausting to work conventions like it's just, I was so wiped after the first day of the Um, uh, but it's just great to kind of see people and talk to them and, and, you know, meet the customer base face-to-face and see what they like and what they're excited about. And like, that's as much market research as seeing what's getting reblogged on Tumblr or talked about on Twitter, like that in-person face-to-face conversation, I think is really invaluable to a small publisher like us. So that's definitely something that we'll be planning on for year four is maybe not expanding our convention presence significantly because. at the end of the day we have you know a magazine to produce every month but making more of a commitment to kind of go to some of these places regularly um i think is really valuable to us
4: yeah yeah
0: con was a good scene i know we're looking forward to kineticon in in a
3: yeah kineticon similar to tcaf we're going to Kineticon is probably going to be a yearly thing we did it last year and it was really great and uh, we'll be doing it this year as well you know good crowd there were a lot of people we hadn't seen in a long time that uh, were around here as well and and also like Little Foolery uh, Alex of Little Foolery is in Connecticut as well so it's always always really
0: fun to hang out with her because yeah she's just a really cool person
3: and uh, clearly she's talented so yeah and it's interesting (laughs) because Little Foolery they've been distro they've always been independent but they were distro and now Sphere Theory is through Hive so it's like and we're also partnered with Hive so it's like, it's almost like a a really big social group is around Little Foolery right now. just great because those ladies are really nice and also they were they were buddies with uh, Jennifer Doyle the Knight's errant creator and uh, they worked on stuff together and is that how we got in contact I don't know it's like everybody knows each other in this industry so the parties are like really great (laughs) shows (laughs) and TCAF we did our annual sparkler party which is really great and uh, you know just the the people who come every year and and people who sat at the table like I'll do a shift yeah meeting Alicia Jade was really great she's one of our distro creators and she has a beautiful new book
0: and how often do you get to meet someone who lives in Australia when you're in in the US or Canada. Like This is
3: the first time she'd been to North America too. And she's like, Well, I brought this book in my suitcase. I have, you know, a certain number of copies. You want to take a look at it for distro? And it was just like so beautiful, this book called Storytellers, which is an uh, an all Australian anthology. Mm-hmm. Full colour foil stamp. They'd kickstarted it like last year, and it's just it's so gorgeous, guys. We can't wait to put this up. You will mm-hmm. love this book.
0: And then she brings over a friend. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Who
0: was, you know, like originally an, another Australian who moved to Canada who was doing like a lesbian time travel story yeah. which we were just like you know actually uh Jill had bought it for her own like reading material and then she so she comes over with this book and we're like oh I've seen this before oh Jill brought a copy back to the table like you know two hours ago
3: yes so that's a good uh, sign like would Sparkler Distro you? Well, if one of our staff members bought you for pleasure reading, then probably yes. <laughs> Which is, you know, another thing that we might not have had. I, I don't want to reveal what that comic is, but it's, it's coming out very soon as well in distro. It will be very exciting to announce a new creator. It's a really great time. You're, you're right, Lillian, that it's a combination of sort of market research and just sort of socialization and a great way to connect with both creators and readers. So now we're going to talk a little bit about year four and the, the goals that we have about that. So it is going to be kickstarted for more than year three. Uh, we're still kind of deciding on the, the final total of what it is, but we're also bigger than we were when we tried to kickstart last year. As Lillian said, we always want to expand and kind of, um, not necessarily in the the size of the company, but in the breadth of things that we can try. One thing that was always the crux of why we wanted to do Sparkle to begin with is we wanted to have some room to experiment, uh, especially in multimedia, which we've been doing since the beginning. <laughs> and the first thing that we're very excited to talk about is, Rebecca, do you want to Say?
0: We're doing a visual novel. Sorry, I'm so happy. I wanted to do this from day one. Yeah, i like you know when audio inevitably fails, maybe we can transfer it in a, a, a visual novel department.
3: You see why we need young, robust people on our staff?
0: Because we're just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I love I love audio, but even more than any of our other formats, it was always kind of a crapshoot. It's expensive and time consuming and has less of a built-in audience than something like comics Mm. so but at the same and and you know I've always been a really big game fan like just in general I love games I love any type of game that lets you build relationships and I love uh I've been following a lot of like uh English language visual novels for a long time I'm a huge fan of like
3: Christine Love and Hanako Games and all Mm -hmm. those guys great stuff and so this is a small project. And actually, if if year four su- successfully kickstarts, it's going to be almost immediately after the Kickstarter ends. I think it, it was it's scheduled for August. Mm-hmm. Even though it's small, we were using it as kind of a, we wanted to see how people feel about the format who, people who maybe did, haven't played a visual novel before or just aren't used to kind of getting it with their comics.
0: <laughs> we're friends with some people who are involved in like a, a small game dev. They had a little bit of a mix up recently and they wanted to put this together for a game
3: jam. And we were just kind of like, well, you need support. So, But it wasn't even like, we didn't even go to them and say, we want video games. It was like they were mentioning it as they were working on it. We're like, wow, that sounds really good. Can we put it in Sparkler? (laughs) Um, And then we can kind of join in. It it was a project that we were so excited about that we were like, we want to take part in this on a personal level. And we also think that it would be sort of perfect for the Sparkler audience So we're we're not going to tell you too many details now. We will be announcing it with the Kickstarter because it's one of the first things that would come out in year four as part of the magazine. We're we're looking at sort of a little bit of multimedia ways of, different ways that people can experience the game and the story and stuff. So it should be very exciting. It's something we've been trying to do for a long time. And it just, you know, we had some projects we were looking at. It was kind of in and out. And then this literally just came across our feeds. And we're like, oh my God, please, let's do this. This sounds like such a great idea. it's, It's
0: been something we've had trouble really, you know, We've thought, should we do something that's a tie-in? Should we do something standalone? What are we going to be able to do? Like, who the hell knows how to code a video game? Uh,
3: Yeah. All (laughs) that good stuff.
0: All that good stuff.
3: All that logistical nightmare crap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, I think this, this as something that we are closely involved in and sort of have somebody else is involved in... Like you know, there 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 are other people outside of us, this other group that are responsible for like the basic writing, art, and coding, and then we come in and just fill all the gaps. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the editing and help with the playtesting and the
3: music and sound. And they even have like like a complete. It's a small dev studio, but it's really complete. They have mm-hmm. editors and the stuff. We're mostly just going to help them kind of. Uh, promote it and and maybe polish it a little bit mm-hmm. as well although again we were looking at it we're like wow this is it's almost like i was like, can i buy your game like for the magazine <laughs> um but since they're small and the game is going to be done rather quickly we were like well this way also because it would be so fun to be involved in this creatively and uh' we'll, we're gonna be using it to see how people feel about game tie into sparkler which natural progression also jill mentioned the situation cds so I know we did a separate podcast about this, but the situation, audio drama, but what we did this year, Bad Chemistry, which we actually was part of the year three Kickstarter, we found that it wasn't really selling on its own that well because we had a couple like, oh, you know, support it by buying, download, whatever. But one thing that there were a lot of... (laughs) sparkler members who sort of took me aside I was talking to them in email and they're like by the way I really really liked bad chemistry (laughs) I I don't want to say they were necessarily embarrassed but they were definitely like I just wanted to tell you that I really liked having Alex O'Shea talking to my ear (laughs) for a situation audio drama is you are a character in the story so it's basically a little scenario where our top voice actor was your grumpy lab partner and you sort of fall in love over the course of this like 20-25 minute romantic comedy scenario and it's a format in japan and i personally really like it and alex did a really great job so that we found that like maybe it was hard to find an audience outside of sparkler but within sparkler people were like (laughs) yep so for for year four we're gonna up the ante again (laughs) because we can't ever just do the same thing over it's like no it has to be different and new we basically have two new situation audio dramas scheduled for year four one of them is going to be similar to bad chemistry, only it's a girl. So it's like you can date, you know, as, as always, you as the main character are genderless, that it's never specified what your gender are, so anyone can enjoy it. So for people who wanted to go on a date with a cute girl, we'll be able to finally provide that. We want people with all different sexualities to have some. <laughs> Nice or grumpy or whatever the type of character is to kind of lead them through a scenario. And the second situation audio drama is going to be a boy again, only it's going to be in the cherry bomb line, so it's going to be a little bit spicier. So you're going to get a girl situation audio drama with a romantic edge, and you're going to get another boy one, only it's going to be dirtier, so...
0: Yeah, and we've already spoken to uh, two people who have worked on some of our au- other audio projects, so if you want to go and look at Awake and Cat Lovers, cat lovers and speculate wildly about which, about actor we which actors are going to be in it, you can. Uh, <laughs> we'll I'm, be announcing it. Yeah, I'm going to make certain friends of mine make awkward sex noises just for all of you. <laughs> Thank you.
3: It's cherry bomb, so it we'll won't be eighteen yeah. plus, but it will definitely be. Oh, there was a kiss in bad chemistry, but yeah. it, it was it was very PG thirteen. Oh, this yeah. is gonna no, be a just, little harder than.
0: PG-13. I mean, I mean, maybe there are somewhere out there people who are more professional than me and my actor friends, but like doing these kind of like more sexually explicit scenes is super awkward. <laughs>
3: It's going to be great. It's going to be a great experience overall.
0: Yeah, you know, eventually you get enough like weird kissing noises and bedspring sound effects and stuff.
3: <laughs> I don't I don't know how far we're going to go. It's going to be, a, a, it's gonna gonna be try an it's going to be an
0: adventure. Yeah. Or we'll figure something out. <laughs>
3: There's other stuff that we can't tell you right now because some of the stuff is still in the works. We're still putting stuff together. And the open submissions also will be very important. Open submissions
0: I know a lot of people are very excited for.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that we have a little bit of space and it it lines up also really well with the end of year three because there's so many things that are literally like two chapters. You know, both Cat Lovers' Circumstances and Tokyo Demons are going to be ending very soon. (laughs) So we wanted to have, you know, we need something to kind of replace them. And uh, Dead Endings will be coming back, by the way. I know some people were like, "What happened to Dead Endings? It started in year three, but then uh, Jessica Chavez had a baby." (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's uh, a fair
3: enough reason for a break. (laughs) That's
0: thrown off our schedule multiple times. Yeah, people
3: having babies. Yeah, (laughs) well, Jen Quick did it as well, although she got back to work really fast, like shockingly fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, Jen is like a
3: machine. (laughs) She's a comic
0: making machine. It's wonderful.
3: But you know, as a feminist press, we try to give people space to have babies. You know. So some stuff that you got a taste of in year three will be continuing in year four. Obviously, the comics we were talking about, Orange Junk, has quite a while to go before the end. Same thing with Night's Errant. Magical How is is kind of like just starting. And <laughs> some of the stuff that's going to happen later in that is really exciting. And on staff, we're all really excited about Letada 3. Again, if you're not reading Letada, you should really be reading Letida. <laughs> I mean, Windrose, Windrose is, is still continuing. non-stop. Nonstop. Like, Stop yeah, okay, that well, comic! Studio Amazing. Kosen,
0: just like their whole aesthetic is just like sexy people not wearing very much doing awesome things constantly.
1: It's, okay, with Windrose. Wait until
3: you get to the next chapter too. There's some good stuff in the next
1: chapter of Windrose. Yeah, that's what
3: I hear. I, I didn't read the thumbs. I'm I'm waiting. Although I don't yeah. think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna crack under the pressure and look at the thumbs because I want to know what. Yeah, happens. I will say.
0: I will say. Oh man. <laughs> I will say that with Windrose, uh, sometimes you replace not wearing much with wearing ridiculous, amazing period costumes. Yeah. So. I was
4: freaking out over that preview that Cosin posted.
0: Oh, yeah, that one, like, awesome
1: panel that they were that they had. Yeah, uh, some
4: man. All- yes. Oh, oh it it just I was
1: going to be like, was right. it the one of Angie blushing and looking adorable? Because that's great, too. But, like,
3: yeah, that last... No, it was the man in black. It was, was, like, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> boots and gloves and... and- Uh, capes and super
0: handsome. and cravats. Cravats. That's that's Leah's aesthetic, (laughs) cravats.
3: It is so nice to have Leah's opinion on this (laughs) staff. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Wenros just keeps getting better. I mean, it was never not great, but like, I don't know. Same thing with Letera. It's just like, Cosin always starts really strong, but then they keep upping the ante and it just Mm -hmm. keeps getting better. At no point does it kind of collapse under the weight of itself, which is really hard with some of these plot points that they've established. Like... You keep thinking things can't get worse in Winrock. <laughs> and then they do. But it always gets resolved in a really great way. But it keeps the, the tension high. And it's just, it's such a great comic. So just Studio Kosen in general. Those guys are just A fucking plus at everything they do. So read those comics, guys. And we're, we're trying to work with um, a couple short stories that ran in years one, two, and three. Um, you might be seeing new installments to a couple shorts that we've been working on. And <laughs> stuff that people said, oh, I really like this. I wish there was more. Well, working on a little bit of that too. See, hopefully
0: soon we'll be able to tease in a slightly less annoying way.
3: <laughs> well, that's the point of the Kickstarter, right? We're gonna yeah, announce a lot yeah. of the stuff during the Kickstarter. We just want people to prepare themselves a little bit and also know that we're not just going to this Kickstarter because we're like, we need money, which, you know, is true, but um we're going in there cuz like we're like all right if we're going to kickstart this let's have a really fun year planned and um similar to what happened with year 3 and it, it was just this has been such a great year that we're like this is how we want to do it again but
0: yeah, you what's going to be new you know we got to a point where it was kind of like we can either kind of fizzle out under the weight of just not having the money to do the things we want to do or we can just like go in there really strong and be all like we're going to like just up the freaking ante and mm-hmm. uh just kind of go in there and do all these things that we've been struggling to actually get done, you know?
3: Yeah. As Lillian says, go big or go home. We're going to go big. Be fun. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you will join us so that we can do it because we obviously can't do it without you guys. Every time we've reached out to the community, be it the membership drive originally and sort of like year one or rather the beginning of year one, uh, the Kickstarter in year three, the Knights Errant Kickstarter. I mean, we've run like four or five Kickstarters by now. You guys have always pulled through and that's, I mean, we wouldn't be here without you. So if you have it in you to support us for another year we're gonna bring you good stuff can you tell (laughs) i'm just really excited about this dirty situation oh she's the worst (laughs) she won't stop talking about it like you know i got plans yeah
0: yeah yeah well you gotta write write this thing
3: yeah i will it'll be great
0: (laughs) and i'm I'm gonna get it and just be like why yeah why are you making me do this it's gonna be horrible but i mean like leanne horrible yeah which for those of you who read tokyo demons (laughs) (laughs) But just the kind of horrible where when I'm, like, going through it and doing, like, the final edit, I'll be like, why are you doing this to me and to the listeners? Why and then I she just sort of, this? like, cackles evilly and, you know, it's it's good.
3: I would really like to as well um, for some of this stuff. I want to do a lot more polling this year of readers. I want, um since the, the comments have really picked up speed a lot in year three. I want to start putting out more things, being like, what do you guys want? Not just, like, in general, like, what kind of condom would you like to see? But also, like, hey, we're doing this Situation CD. Here are some premises. Which one appeals to you the most? You know, we talked a little bit in the past about, I don't know if we're going to do it for this project, but um, sometimes having voice clips and letting people kind of vote on which character they want. We've done a lot of character poll-based stuff. Like, we did the Tokyo Demon's Daki Makoto last year, which ended up becoming... Yeah, I
1: have to say, I was going to mention the Daki, which <laughs> I feel
3: was wildly
1: successful.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that became a social media grudge match. Like the the polls that happened in year three a lot of them were about like pick the character, this is about, you know, a short story or something. But in Tokyemon's Dakimakura it was like which boy do you want to show up on the pillow? And it got hated. Oh, and yeah. we found out later that there were certain readers who were like, kind of, I don't want to say rigging it, but they would like go to like ten different computers at like their friends' houses and stuff to make sure that they got as many votes as possible in. And it was there was like funny. strategizing, yeah. and people
0: were like teaming up and yeah, yeah. And teaming
3: together on social media and being like, if you don't, even if you don't know what this is, please click this button. <laughs> I really don't want Miki half naked on this pillow. That got really, it was almost Miki egg. I think Rebecca was concerned. She was like, I don't want to put this out. As as a member of this company, I really don't want him to win. <laughs> well, people want what they want, so. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. That's but the thing. now we have, have Sachi looking kind of.
3: Uh, Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously
0: optimistic is <laughs> <as> the. the
3: <laughs> yeah. When we had to give directions about what do we want the market, I'm like, well, I want smiling, but not necessarily like, wee. But so Rem ended up doing cautiously optimistic his look mm-hmm. on his face, which is perfect.
0: <laughs> and then the chibi eye his shirt, which is my favorite part.
3: Yeah. And also we're doing a documentary for uh, Knight's Errant as well. That was part of the Kickstarter <laughs> of one side is Will and one side is Oz. And Will has a knife and Oz has a book, which is like perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you got to like kind of wink at these things. Yeah. you know. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And also, in addition to the year four Kickstarter, similar to Knight's Errant, we're going to be kickstarting a couple other books this year so we can do more, you know, make more of a a big deal of it. Because I know a lot of people have been like, where's Orange Junk 2 and 3? And uh, we're like, yep, we also really want to put out Orange Junk 2 and 3. And Orange Junk would be a great candidate for a Kickstarter. It's got a great audience. Um, We really want to do more merch and stuff with Heldred. And Heldred does tons of bonus art and just really cute ideas. Um, So we've been work planning on that one as well. A couple of things that we don't want to spoil but the uh, other projects that we're hoping to kickstart but the magazine itself is what's depending on the year four and, and quite frankly if we kickstart year four a lot of the stuff that we want to do we can do in the context of year four we don't have to kickstart them all separately it's gonna be exciting the uh, <laughs> that'll at least make sure that spark goes around for one more year uh which we'd really like to do because the magazine format and everything that we've done so far has given us ultimate flexibility to just reach out see what people want and do it
0: also serialization is the best and i know lots of people disagree with me but like those cliffhangers and things like yeah. i love it i love it and it would be very sad if we couldn't do that anymore because <laughs> all right so uh before we like spoil anything that we're trying not to spoil i think we should probably end this yeah,
3: it's really hard not to just tell you guys hey look what we're gonna do but yeah all in all in good time all in good
0: time follow us on twitter or tumblr or somewhere or facebook and you'll get teased more probably Mm. And, uh, you know, we're really, really excited for this stuff to happen. We really hope that we can pull this off again, mm. you know? You know, the people listening to this tend to be kind of our our core, you know, supporters. And yeah. so, you know, we, we have to thank you again for just, you know, we have the best fans.
3: Oh, you guys are really the best. <laughs> I'm sorry we keep coming to you and being like, we need money. But, like, we'll, we'll make it worth your while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I? We need money, dude. It's like... I feel like sometimes that's how we react to the readers and you know honestly we've ended up hiring a lot of our fans and and stuff and jobs that's how we found a lot of our people some of them were hired off of like their freaking fan fiction for other stuff <laughs> It was like it's great and um, oh, one more thing for year three and four is Sparkler RPG. We hope you guys yeah. uh, can join us. That's something new that we started in year three that will hopefully be continuing in year four. The live stream on Twitch and, you know, we love that flexibility to keep trying things, see what resonates with people, see what you want, and uh, we hope to reach out to you more. To yeah. find out in more detail what For you For people want. who
0: haven't done that, that one is a lot of fun. Just, you know, it's something that's kind of low key and small that we've we've managed mm-hmm. to put together. It's uh Lillian, me and Jen Quick as the uh char- basically the, the playable characters mm-hmm. and Leanne is running it and it's just you know, one of these kind of urban fantasy, supernatural sorts of things. It's technically in the same universe as Tokyo Demons, but like unrelated to that story except for one
1: character. So you don't need to like know the story at all.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've gotten such great art in for yeah, this yeah. Too. Like, I think that that's one of the really fun things about it is that even from the first like time we we did our stream, we started having people contributing. Yeah. You know, through through the Twitch stream and then
3: onward and beyond. Yeah.
1: So, um that's been really fun to
3: see yeah. all the PCs were basically designed by 5PM who was uh, uh, somebody who was just watching uh, she's a fan she did these like fan art for the PCs and you guys were like oh my god this is the best and then the, the official <laughs> artist Angie Mori did a new a new version of them and also Tofu the Cat was designed to by Fu Sarah the N- Cat. Elkins uh,
0: it was also named just by the chat room Yeah, actually my character was named by the chat room too, yeah. which is why her name is Cynthia Blethers <laughs> so you know thanks guys
3: <laughs> my Jen Quick is Delilah Featherbottom yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always a good time. So <laughs> join us for those. We'd like to continue doing that. And I'm I'm very interested in year four, the Sparkle RPG, if we can get some people to join in for like one-shot characters or do kind of, you know, kind of interesting things there beyond sort of the core story or, you know, just in general, have people game their own stories within the universe if they want. We'd love the participation with the art and, and, and the chat room just kind of contributing to the game. Having a peanut gallery is really great. Oh, it's so fun. You know, they can influence things and... uh that yeah, you guys are
0: hilarious in it. Yeah, they can just, just you know like ask questions and uh, suggest like things to do next, and tell Lillian to make out with that hot guy. Mm. You know,
1: I'm counting on you, Lillian. Lillian doesn't need any encouragement on that front. <laughs> it never hurts. It's already it's
3: already in Courtney's bio yeah. that Courtney totally wants to bang Peter. <laughs> yeah.
1: So thanks for that. <laughs>
3: yeah it's great so uh you know that's another way to kind of influence sparkler and, and join the rpg and we hope to hear from you guys and we will hopefully be able to bring you some new stuff in year four so we'll keep you posted on the site and through social media And that kickstarter launches you will know we'll put it everywhere because you know, yeah we want to do another year so we're gonna we'll be loud about it <laughs>
0: oh we're gonna be super loud <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening, and we will be back next month with another podcast. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but... Uh, might be Kosen. Might be co- That would be cool. We're, we're trying
3: to get Kosen to come on and talk so we can gush at them in person. And if not, you know, like, we're, we're slowly making our way through most of our creators. So Kosen is up next. We, we, we hope that it will be the next podcast. They, they expressed interest in doing it, so... And uh, I think we need to do uh, Eureka as well for Magical How. I was probably going to do a podcast, too. So. Yeah, that's
1: true. I was going to say that... Uh, oh, I, I talked a little offhand about... Uh, what i would like to do for one of our future podcasts which is the the homestuck kind of end game analysis so because there's at least a couple of us who are big homestuck fans and i think it'd be fun to talk about yeah we'll see that
0: would be fun and like really self-indulgent and wonderful
1: yeah especially as the final because i mean what about sparkler isn't really self-indulgent to be fair (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) It just happens that our <laughs> self indulgence is something that other people enjoy. So, yeah, hopefully.
0: On that note, uh good night everyone. Thank you for listening and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>